you online and in-house this morning. Uh, we're in week two of an incredible series called uh, 50 Days in the Spirit. And uh, if you're not in a life group yet and you're not plugged into some of the small groups that are happening throughout the week, we got groups happen almost all week every day. So if there's something that works for you, we want to make sure that you get plugged in because we're talking about this stuff. We're digging into it on a different level. We're getting to share our own stories because sometimes we might not even be able to share as much as we can. But if you're, if you're online today, why don't you quickly in, uh, in two sentences say why you love life groups and why you're connected with them because no one's going to read a really long message. Just quick, short, concise. Just go put it on there so that people can read about the amazing things that they can benefit from in being in a life group. Well, week one was awesome. And I don't know if you heard or, or you got to hear what Pastor Mike spoke about, but I loved it. Pastor Mike talked about how the Holy Spirit is a person and that he lives in you. And that as a result, uh, we are changed more and more into his image. And uh, I loved how he showed us. It was probably one of my favorite parts because I love when the, the Bible kind of brings something new for you. And uh, he showed us that the Trinity was there in the baptism in Matthew 3, how God spoke and the Holy Spirit descended and Jesus was present. And I I never really seen it that way. And uh, I loved it. I loved how God is a triune God, but yet there's this spirit of God that is almost like another person that we need and have access to through Jesus' death and resurrection. And so if the Holy Spirit is a person, like what Mike talked about, then, uh, which we ter- determined this last week, then we can expect him to speak to us. We can expect to have relationship with him. It's one thing that I actually really, really enjoy about uh, Christianity is that uh, it separates us from often all other religions is that although all religions may pray, uh, but their gods don't speak back. And ours does. Ours is a living God that wants to have a relationship and speak clearly to your heart and to your circumstances. And I love that about Jesus. Now, there are hundreds of examples in the Bible of, uh, of how how God speaks, but I want to talk clearly about one. But before I, I jump there, I want to just give the short version. If you want a real easy understanding uh, that is broad stroke, this is how the Holy Spirit speaks. Hebrews 1.1. It says, and God spoke in, in, when God spoke, he spoke in many ways and many times. So God speaks all the time and in a whole bunch of different ways. That's a broad stroke view of how the Holy Spirit speaks. But before I jump into hearing the Spirit this week as I speak about it, uh, I felt like God was speaking to this week when I was praying and I was, I was walking back and forth in my office and I caught this thought. And when I say that, like, I heard God speak to me, it's not like this audible voice, which we'll talk about a little bit, but it's more like I caught a thought and so I began to dive into the scripture to find something that works on that. And, uh, one of the, uh, the things that I felt like God was speaking to me as I was going back and forth, I was like, God, what, if, if there was a vision to explain visions, what would it be? And God gave me kind of an image that was really important to me in life. And, that, and I just, I went, okay, that's for me, but what, what, what do you want to say to the church today? And I really felt like uh, he said, make room for the new. And uh, it was something... I was challenged by, just a couple of weeks ago, by a friend who's a pastor in the States. 
And I was like, whoa. Uh, it was like God was speaking to my heart. And it's a scripture found in Leviticus 26. And uh, it's Leviticus, you know, that book that uh, everyone skips because it's got law and it's, it's not like something that's going to speak and encourage and uplift. But all scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and building in righteousness. And so, so this was a scripture that came uh, through what he said. And uh, I just want to read it quickly. is Leviticus 26.10. And this is what it, it said. It said, you will be eating last year's harvest when you, will make, when you will have to move it out and make room for the new. Now, it's short, short scripture. But the heart of it is that sometimes we get so stuck in the past because I was like, I was like okay, God, I understand. Make room for the new. I love this scripture. I love the value that you're saying literally we're going to have to make room for the new. He says, you'll be eating last year's harvest. You'll be dealing with stuff from last year. And it's going to be a new year. And I need you to move it out. I need you to move the stuff in your heart that you're dealing with out of the way in order to hear me clearly. In, lo- in order to hear the Spirit of God speak to your heart. And uh, I thought about Isaiah 43 when it says, like, see, I'm doing a new thing. And then there was another scripture in Philippians uh, that I wanted to, to read that kind of tied it all together for me. Philippians 3, 13. If you uh, haven't got your Bible out yet, uh, run to your Bible. Uh, run to your Bible. Run to your Bible. Run to your room, wherever it is in your house. If it's not beside you, open it up. Philippians three thirteen. This is not the, the main context or the main scripture for today, but this is what it says. Brothers and sisters, my bros and sisters at home, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heaven, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, I really felt with this scripture of, of making room for the new, that sometimes when you have to make room for new things, uh, when you're uncomfortable, when someone asks you to do something new, there's a trust and an obedience to what's being asked. And I feel like with this making room for new, that there's a new level of obedience. And not only new level, with the new levels of obedience comes new levels of faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that being said today, this is what I'm talking about, hearing in the spirit, hearing from the word of God. And I want to speak to you about different ways that God speaks. And there are hundreds of examples in the Bible of how God speaks. But when I look in Revelation, there's a guy named John. And John's writing these letters because he's having this vision of things to come and God's speaking to him on this island. And he's asked to write these letters to the church, a whole bunch of letters, like seven different letters and uh, each is unique in itself. But what I found really cool, and maybe if you love and you're digging into the Bible and you find these things and, and you're reading through different parts, it says it at the end of every letter. It says, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So then if the Holy Spirit is a person and he wants to speak and he wants to speak to us, May we have ears to hear what he has to say today. And so let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. 
would we just take a second in the quietness of our space, whether it be on our couch or in our bed or at church or in our car or even years later where this is still making a difference online, would we slow ourselves right now to recognize that you're here? The Holy Spirit asks that you'd speak today, that you'd speak through me, that my words, the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you. Would what, what is said today glorify you, God, and make change in people's lives? Amen. So how does the Holy Spirit speak? Well, one way that, that the Spirit of God speaks is through this, is through the Word of God. And uh, there's this moment with, uh, with the disciples. And uh, there's a guy named Peter who really, really formed the church. And uh, he gets an opportunity, and he's writing letters. And in 2 Peter, uh, I just want to read a little chunk of Scripture about what Peter's saying, because he's talking about a moment that happened with him in regards to how God speaks through the word of God. And Peter is telling a story out of Matthew 17, but I want to read 2 Peter verses 16 through 20 of chapter 1. It says, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter is saying, I saw Jesus, I knew him, and he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from him, from the majestic glory, that is God saying, this is my son, whom I love, with, in whom I am well pleased. And then he goes on after saying, like, not only did I see Jesus in real life, I heard God speak audibly. And he says, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And then he says this, after all these things, he goes, we've got God speaking, Jesus there, and yes, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, but he says, above all, in verse 20, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by a prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets through humans spoke from God as they carried along, were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Peter was saying, I was there. I was there in the moment. And maybe it's something you've heard a dozen times, but I was there in the moment but the word of God was the most important because although I heard from him and I can tell you this and the spirit of God is in me, there is something that will last forever. Jesus said, the word, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will never pass away. And so there is something to be said about this book. And I know it's such a challenge to go like, okay, but this is a, a book written by humans, but it is inspired through the Holy Spirit. And this is the great gift that we have from Jesus. 
And more specifically, the Holy Spirit speaks through the God of word when we're reading the word or when we're hearing it. And so as I'm reading this, the Holy Spirit is doing what only he can do through the word of God. And I, I love that. And it's something that God has set up in our lives. But have you ever read a scripture that like a dozen times you've read it a certain way? Uh, recently, when I was reading about the woman subject to bleeding, I know I spoke on it, but I never ever looked at it from the nature of when she said she thought that if she just touched Jesus' robe, that she would be healed. I never looked at it as that everything started with her thought, that everything began there. I was just like, of course, of course she thought. Everyone thought that if they touched Jesus, they'd be healed because this is Jesus. But the Holy Spirit has his perfect timing and his perfect way to speak to our hearts. And um, you can read it tons of times. And not only that, the word of God, there's this, there's in my life when I was a, a high schooler, and maybe none of you ever experienced this in high school, where everyone starts using those like super cool cuss words, and you're on the playground, and that kid drops like, like the S-bomb, and you're like, I can't believe he said that. And you're like, you felt like he was cool. And I didn't realize, and so I, I had a potty mouth in sports. I began to have a little bit of a potty mouth when I talked to people. And uh, the word of God was illuminated to me as I began to dig into the word of God. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouth, but only what is helpful in building each other up according to their needs. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, am I really building a person up when I'm saying that to them? And I was challenged by this as a young person, but what I learned as a young person, I had to unlearn and it takes twice as long to unlearn something as it does to learn something. And so God speaks through the word of God. And this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks often and best and is most reliable. And the word of God through the Bible is the number one way I hear God speak. Another way, uh, because not only does God speak through the word of God, is it's more of, so how does God speak directly? That's often the question. How does God like get in here? How does God get inside and, and me have this dialogue? Or, or how does he have this audible voice? And, and what does it sound like? And, and how am I supposed to find this? And, and, it's a, and it's a wrestle. But there's a story in 1 Kings 19 about a guy named Elijah. Now, Elijah was um, a prophet. He heard from God. And uh, there's this whole scenario where he challenges the prophets of Baal, a, a demigod, to a battle on a mountain where God comes and burns up this sacrifice. And then after that, it hadn't rained for three and a half years. And so there was barely any water and he used up all the water on the altar and God got rid of that. And so then he went and he prayed and he prayed and the rain began. He prayed fervently. It said that he stood in one place and he actually sent his servant like a distance to go check, hey, is there any clouds forming? No, no, no clouds forming. Okay, go again. And he just sat there in prayer, in seeking God. And uh, he did that, and it started to rain. And after everything had happened, and, the, and word had come back to the king's wife that, that Elijah had killed all these prophets, Elijah becomes unglued. He's absolutely terrified. He's like, oh my goodness, what have I done? I'd rather die right now than experience what I'm experiencing right now. And he goes into hiding. And God is like, 
trying to speak to him. And he comes in a great wind. And then there's an earthquake. And then there's fire. And God's not in any of that. And then after the fire came a still, small voice. And then Elijah heard it. Sometimes we have to get rid of the noise of the world in order to hear the still, small voice of God. And in my life, when I learned how to do this, when I learned how does the Holy Spirit speak in this still, small voice, well, it's, how do we know it? The same way that my kid knows it's me when I come home through the door and I speak. Or the same way that when I'm out and I'm at a gathering, all small as they are right now, and my friend's there, and I hear his voice when he comes in the door, I know who that is. It's because I've spent time with him, and I've had relationship with him, and I've gained an understanding of who you are. I can hear your voice, and through it's, so we can hear that still small voice through experience. I was at uh, a school in Switzerland, and uh, they were teaching about hearing the voice of God that week, and uh, he was explaining how it's like a radio station. Because it's not like the Holy Spirit is not speaking. It's sometimes that we're not listening. And, uh, and he was explaining how it's like tuning in. Am I really tuned in to, to God? Am I really focused on what he's doing? And uh, some of the greatest moments have come from listening to that still small voice. While I was at, at that school and we were learning, we went down for lunch and I sat down across from a friend and uh, I asked him, I said, what's like the toughest thing that you've faced in life? And she wanted to explain how uh, her mom's her dad's or her grandpa had passed away and at the funeral, she really felt like her mom was alone. And I said, do you really think that if we believe in a God that is there for us in all spaces and all times, that she was alone? Can we, can we do something? And I just like said, can we just like think about that moment? I want you to remember being back in that house because our memories are such a big part of our lives. You can remember details, smells, the, the time of day, all those different things. And she's sitting there and she said, yeah, I remember being in the kitchen and I was working on something. My mom just sat in the window staring out the window. Everyone was gathered after the funeral, and she just sat in the window. She said, that was the moment that I really felt like God was not there for her, that she was just alone sitting there. And I said, can we do something? Can we just ask? Can we ask God where he was at that moment? Can we ask God to show up? And she goes, okay. I said, God, would you, would you show us in that moment where you were? And I was asking her, I was like, I said, if, like, what do you see? And she went, well, he's sitting right across from her. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And so we had this whole dialogue. And it was only because I, I felt like God in this little small voice going like, ask her what she sees. Just ask her. And sometimes it's just a small thing that God lays on our heart and goes, hey, I need you to just ask. I need you to just say this. I need you to just, I know that it's uncomfortable. But I need you to speak. This is how the Holy Spirit speaks. In the still, small voice. I know it's crazy, but like even yesterday when I was preparing and I was thinking about the message, I was in the shower and I was frustrated because 
A, my kids had warm baths, and then uh, the dishwasher was running. And so when I got to the shower, I had a wonderful shower. You know what I mean? Like it was freezing. But God's like, are you uncomfortable? And I was like, yes, I'm uncomfortable because I wanted the shower to last longer. I wanted to have this time to just think about things. And he said, I've given you what you need. Because some of the things that you're called to are uncomfortable. Some of the things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you are uncomfortable. But are you willing to be uncomfortable? And so I stayed in that shower and I didn't leave it even though I wanted to turn it off. And although I'm nothing like Dalen Ashworth and I have cold showers and I can handle it, I can't handle it. I can't do that. And so the Holy Spirit speaks and it's in that still, small voice. One of the interesting parts of what I had said, where it's not that the Holy Spirit's not speaking, it's that we're not listening, is that there's sometimes a difference between listening and hearing. You know what I mean? Like any wife or, or husband's like, I can relate to this when you're sharing something with your spouse, and it's like, are you listening to me right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watching American Ninja Warrior. And I'm not really all there. I can't multitask. I don't know about you guys, but like maybe it's just me and the people in Weyburn, but the reality is we can't. I just can't. I just can't. I can't multitask. I even could not cut vegetables last night while my wife was trying to share something with me, and I just had to stop because I can't multitask. And there's a difference between listening and hearing. And what I found super cool, uh, and God was speaking to me about this, was in Luke because in Luke, it talks about the foundation that's laid, a wise and foolish builder. And it talks about how both people hear God. It says, like, one who listens to me and puts my words into practice is like a wise builder that builds his house upon a rock, a firm foundation that when the waves and the storms come, that the house stood firm. And then it says, a man who hears, and this is interesting, it literally says, one who listens to me. And puts my words into practice. God, Jesus says this. And then he goes, and one who hears me. It becomes this moment where I forgot the little second half of that verse. It says, one who hears me and doesn't do what I ask. Is like a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. And so there is a difference between listening and hearing. And are we really listening to what God is speaking to us? Are we quieting ourselves to listen? Because the piece of that scripture that I love the most is that both heard, whether they had a strong foundation or a shaky foundation. They both heard from God. It's whether or not they were listening. Now, I know that God s speaks in a small voice, but he also speaks audibly. And we see this in the Bible, and I do think that what's unique about this is that when God speaks audibly, it is for an important purpose. It is for extraordinary things. We see Noah, when God speaks audibly and tells him to build an ark, when he speaks to Moses and he calls him to go back to Egypt, it's to free an entire group that had been in slavery. And, uh, and when he speaks to a guy named Peter in Acts, it is to change the way that they viewed things, to wake, make way for the new. And in Acts 10, 
verse 9 through 16, we see this story. And why don't you read along with me? Because I really, really would love to just read it word for word because I think it's really cool. Peter was hungry and about noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Isn't it interesting that sometimes in our biggest struggle, God wants to take a second to speak to us. Like, because none of us struggle when we're hungry. But I love that in this, he speaks about hunger. And he saw, in verse 11, he saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth on its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. I have never eaten pigs in a blanket, Lord. It's not my jam. Then the voice spoke to him a second time. So we hear that God speaks audibly twice, and he says this, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. What's unique about this is that the Holy Spirit was asking Peter to do something quite revolutionary. But sometimes it's tough to understand. Because God wasn't speaking about bacon. He wasn't like, hey Jordan, I need you to go to Weyburn, go to the Burger King, get a Baconator. He wasn't speaking about bacon. He was speaking about barriers, something extraordinary that God was calling him to. But sometimes when God shows us something, we compare it to our previous point of reference. We are creating things, and it's about, then it becomes more about routine than it is about relationship. And God will never use his audible voice to tell you, what you need to have for breakfast. Unfortunately, that's what you might get from this story. But in these visions and dreams, God is speaking clearly to him about a barrier because God was calling him to something extraordinary. He was saying, hey, listen, I know that this used to be the old way and that there are some things that you thought were unclean and there's a people group that you call unclean, these Gentiles, these groups that are outside God's chosen people. And I, it's no longer about that. It's not about the bacon. It's about the barrier. And sometimes God's asking us and the Holy Spirit's asking us to remove the label that we have over people's lives, over people that we see in the way that we perceive them from our experience. And so God speaks through the small, still voice. And it's really cool what happens with Peter because basically he says there's going to be people that come to you and when they ask you to go, go with them. And so that happens. And it's this wild moment. But if he had been so unwilling to change the way he thought about things and make room for a new way, because the community of believers that were there, they're learning to relate to God in a brand new way. Jesus had just died. The Holy Spirit had just fallen on a group of people. They're filled with the Spirit. They were speaking in different languages. People were coming to know Jesus. They were experiencing God's presence and love in their lives. And it was completely different. Because before you had to sacrifice a goat or a bird. Could you imagine if still today, like people had to, I don't know if this would be my choice of profession. I would be a butcher. 
I'd be coming here slicing things, blood everywhere. It would smell like blood in the auditorium. It would be gross. But God's made a different way, and the community of believers had to learn to relate to God in a brand new way, and that is through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so God speaks through a still, small voice, and God speaks audibly. And God speaks finally through visions and dreams. Because Peter was having a vision. And if you want to know the difference between a vision and a dream, real easy. It's the same thing. One's with your eyes open, one's with your eyes closed. That's really all it is. That's really the difference between a vision and a dream. It's just just a simple dream. But something that we need to understand is that visions and dreams are not literal. It wasn't, like I said, about bacon and eggs in the morning. He wasn't telling Peter, okay, you got to change your diet. Sometimes dreams and visions are metaphoric. They're symbolic. They're speaking to something greater and that there needs to be this dialogue between God and you about what's being said. I had a dream when I was at a camp. I had this moment, well, sorry, not a dream, a vision. I was up at the front and they had asked us to do what the Holy Spirit wanted us to do. And so I had gone up to the front and I felt like someone was just putting blankets on top of me. And another blanket. And then all of a sudden it was white and then there was the world. And it did like, um, like a Google Earth zoom out from me. And it was like, and then the world was just open and it was spinning. And everything was flat except for Europe. And Europe had this like heartbeat as it went around in the circle. And then it like zoomed right into Europe. And there was this guy there. And I had my backpacks on. I had my front pack on. And my back backpack on I had two because uh, that's all I had. And that's all that was in the, and I was asking this guy, and I had these maps out, and I was like, where I was going? And he's pointing all in these different directions. Well, I didn't know what that truly meant, but I began to seek God about it, and God sent me on a journey, a seven-month journey, but it started literally with talking with God. God, what, is, what does this even mean? And he began to speak to me. He said, what do you think it means? I said, well, I think that I'm supposed to go to Europe. Maybe, yeah. Then I began to dialogue about what to do, and God ended up getting me um, to talk to a friend, and that friend found a flight, and it's a crazy story. Long story short, I end up at Lister Square in London because that morning I got up and asked God what to do, and he said, hey, I need you to go down to Lister Square. I have someone I want you to meet. It's just absolutely wild. And so I got on this train, and I had a routine, and I loved going to the coffee shop because they made friends with the coffee people, and uh, it's great to make friends with coffee people because they give you energy. And uh, I made friends with them, and I gotten off, and God's like, what are you doing? And I said, like, well, I just I want to talk with these people. He said, that's not what I called you to. So I got back on the train, and I got down to Lister Square where I felt like I was supposed to go. He said, there's someone there that I want you to meet. And I got down to Lister Square, and I walked out, and I stood there. And I was like, okay, God, who's this person I'm supposed to meet? And out of nowhere, I kid you not, this guy grabs my hand and he starts doing this Rastafarian jig and he's like speaking in this Rastafarian cool little language. And I'm like, yeah, this is so awesome. I don't understand anything. And I was like, man, I got to take a picture of this guy. This guy's awesome. I'm like, I want to tell people about this. And uh, my camera was dead. And so I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And so like he went his way and I went mine. I remember watching him. He did a couple things, left. And then I was reminded good leaders remember names. And I was like, oh my goodness, I got to go back. And so I turned around to go get his name because I had been getting people's names and remembering them. And he was gone. And I said, what the heck, God? 
you brought me to this space to meet someone and they're gone. Like, is that it? And he, he said this simple thing to me and it, it dramatically changed the trajectory of my life. He said, how do you like your feeling of the spirit? And I was like, I don't understand this. Because some things God says and does doesn't make sense in the moment. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense. It means that there's a timing for things. And as God spoke to me over these things and he spoke in this vision, God's continuously spoke to me in my life because God filled me with his presence. And from that moment on, I literally felt in that moment, I had goosebumps all over my arms because when I said like, why would you bring me to this person? He says, well, how do you like your filling of the spirit? I was like, well, what do you mean? And I felt God say to me in that moment, well, you're dancing with an angel. And I was like, shut up. This is crazy. Literally chills all over my body. Still to this day, when I talk about it, I go like, man, what a moment that God allowed for me to have. That Jesus has died on a cross so that I would receive the spirit of God so that I can actually have dialogue about what the heck is happening around me. And that God would send so much as an angel to minister to me in a space where I was alone because he wanted to change something in me and give me direction for my life. I didn't want to do anything else. And one of the toughest things for me daily is to be obedient. Obedient to what the Spirit of God is saying. Obedient to what the Spirit of God is doing. And some of you guys might be having dreams and you might be waking up going, what does that mean? Joseph had a dream with 12 sheaves of wheat. And he shared it with his brothers. Pharaoh had a dream with seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. Peter had a dream of eating creepy crawlers. Why is this a symbol? Because Peter was hungry. But yet, God will use who you are and use your circumstances to speak clearly to you. So when the Spirit is speaking, I want to come full circle. Because when John wrote to those letters, he said, let he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And today, that is my prayer, that you who have ears, would you hear what the Spirit is saying to you? And now I just love the worship team to come up because I want to do something just real practical uh, in regards to teaching and hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. But I want to give opportunity because those who know Jesus understand that the Holy Spirit speaks and some of us are still learning. And I'm not asking you if you went to church your whole life. I'm not asking you if you prayed. What I'm asking you is have you had a definitive moment where you have accepted the work of the cross? Because without the work of the cross, without accepting Christ into your life, the gift that Jesus has for you is unavailable. It's not that God does not speak. It's that the Holy Spirit is not resting inside of you, changing you from the inside out. And so I have to ask, is there a moment where you have definitively accepted Christ into your life where you said, I believe that Jesus has come to earth, that he has died for me, that he is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father, and that because he has gone up there, that he has sent the greatest gift to us in the Holy Spirit to come and speak into our lives to change things, to give us direction, to give us hope in a struggling season, to speak and give strength where you're struggling to find work or a job, where you look at 2021 and you're going, is this just going to be the same thing? Well, I have to ask you, if you rely on the very presence of Jesus, then you rely that Jesus is going to make room for new, that Jesus is going to direct, that he's going to walk with you. 
And so as we sing that Holy Spirit song, I just want to give opportunity to those that maybe haven't given that definitive moment declaration because it says in the word of God that if we declare with our mouths and believe in our heart, we shall be saved. And so I just want to say a prayer with those, whether you're online or you're in this space, where we definitively say, Jesus, I trust you. And so why don't you pray with me? Jesus, I trust you. I trust that you made. I trust that you made a way. I trust that you paid the price for my sin. And I invite you into my life. I receive the gift you have for me through the working power you did on the cross. And I choose today to follow your spirit. So as we um, sing in worship today, I just have a question. I want to invite you, wherever you are, whether you're at home or you're in this space, to stand with me as we finish. Whether it be in your house, whether you be sitting on your couch, there has to be an action step that is followed by listening. The Word of God says, if my people listen to my words and obey my commands, he is like a wise builder. So there has to be an action. So I just want to invite you, wherever you are, at home, to stand, to kneel if you need to, to pull over your car if you're driving, to stop and just go to the washroom if you're at work, to take a second to put away everything. Because the Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit's in your house. The Holy Spirit's in your car. The Holy Spirit's in your workplace. There's no place that we can go where God's presence is not. So the Holy Spirit is there and he's wanting to speak and he's wanting to declare things and to shift things. But I want to ask you today, are you willing to still all things, even your thoughts of what this year should look like, even your thoughts of what your life should look like? Are you willing to put it down before the Father to say, what do you really, really want from me? What do you really want to see from me in life? Some of you might be having kids right away. Some of you might be walking through where your wife is pregnant and you're going to be wanting to declare things over a kid because their life hasn't even been formed yet. But the Bible says that God formed them in the womb and he knew them and he created them. And he had a purpose for them. He had a plan for them. And so as you sit in that space, ask God what the plan is because I know I'm talking fast, but I know that even Elizabeth knew the plans. Even Samson's mom knew the plan for his kid because they sought the Lord for the things that mattered most inside of them. And that kid matters, and I know it matters to you. And so to lay hands on it and to pray for it and say, God, what do you have for this kid? I know in my life that it's the same way, but as we sing this song, would you just begin to take the things that you desire, the things that you want to inquire of the Lord and ask him to speak? And so let me pray for you, and then we're going to sing. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that your presence is here, that you're doing things. Holy Spirit, whether today, tomorrow, the next day, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of it, you've blessed us with the Holy Spirit through the power of Jesus' work on the cross. And I ask that you would speak, and that you'd speak clearly into people's lives. Amen.